Damn, son, where'd you find this? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 65 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. Bruce Dubararians, a.k.a. Totoro Poppy, and I am joined here by Marquise from the Cover 4 with the Guys Podcast. What's good? You got any a.k.a.s for yourself? Uh, it's just a.k.a. Keith, a.k.a. Smokey tonight. That's it, you know. We're just chilling back tonight. We rocking, we rocking. Live pod. Look, we have an exciting show for you all today. We are going to spill some tea on the Antonio Brown versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers story that keeps getting crazier with each turn. We are going to get into the run pass option where we give you the hottest sports news of the week and let you know whether we are going to run with them or pass on them. We are going to give you the fly five picks for week eight of the NFL season talk the NFL coaches that are on the hot seat and last but definitely not least we are going to give a big big ballers bouquet to King Henry of the Tennessee Titans the fly route pod the fly route pod the fly route pod the fly route pod welcome to the tee off oh 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 sis this is how I like to start the show off. I like to spill some tea on our favorite athletes and some of the crazy situations they get into. Y'all, come on. We got to talk about Antonio Brown. Oh, my God. And, like, this crazy situation. Like, if y'all haven't seen the video, this is already on the YouTube channel. But he leaves mid-game against the Jets this Sunday, rips off his jersey, his shirt, prances through the end zone, dips off. And all the speculation is rampant, Right. Everybody thinks it's about incentives at first. Antonio Brown talks about how it's actually about an injury, how he's pressured to play on an injured ankle and where he could no longer go anymore. He was then cut from the team. And I need some, I need everybody to understand this because like this is the most important thing for me about this story. You can believe that Antonio Brown is a reprehensible human being that has done a bunch of terrible things and made a lot of mistakes. And it is still possible for the Buccaneers to have mishandled his injury, pressured him to play, and did him dirty in this situation. Like, that's a statement that shouldn't be so controversial because those two things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. That's super controversial, too. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's like, I don't think you have to defend any of AB's past behavior because AB has done a bunch of wild stuff, like fake vaccination card, like the cryotherapy on his feet, the like recording and leaking his conversations with John Gruden, like step after step after step. AB has done a ton of terrible things. But like, I don't understand why we think bad things can't happen to bad people. People just, it's, you know what it is, and people be so righteous in their thinking. They think, like, you know, it's supposed to be this way, good or bad. It's never in the middle. Like, bro, even if a bad thing happens to a bad person, it's still bad. Like, and it shouldn't be happening to them, you know? And hopefully they're not continuing to do bad things. But at the end of the day, like, someone gets robbed that is maybe they're a, a criminal. Like, they still would probably report the crime because, like, it's still an injustice that got done to them. Granted, they were probably out doing injustices, but it still doesn't lessen what happened to them. And I think that's what people just get caught up being too righteous. But I mean, I kind of get it, you know, but you still got to look, they're still human beings at the end of the day. These people are human. You got to look at them like that. 
Yeah, that was something that was really salient about Antonio Brown's two-page statement that came out last night, which is one of the reasons why I'm happy that we decided to record on Thursday to get a little bit more information on this story where he was like, because I have made mistakes in my past, I should not be treated like a second-class citizen, right? And I thought that was super salient because, like, no matter what, he's a human being. He should be allowed to feel pain, et cetera. So, like, when this story first broke, like, Go Bucks Radio broke a story about how he left because he was not getting the ball and he was super close to a bunch of incentives. Then Rappaport breaks a story that AB and his team is saying that it was actually about an injury and that the injury was mishandled and when he was no longer able to play, they cut him. Now, Bruce Arians in his first response played down Antonio Brown's injury, pretending like it wasn't really all that big of a thing, which then led to AB's like two-page statement that uh, people were like, he ain't write this statement. And I was just like, why does this matter? Like, what rich person do you think writes their own, like, major statement or book or anything no. like that? Rich people got people that walk their dogs. Of course he got a publicist, bro. Come on now. <laughs> oh, God. That is such a good way to put this. And Antonio Brown said a couple things that were very interesting to me about how he was pressured to play, like, first and foremost, and that he was shot up with painkillers, like, before he, before the game in his ankles so he would be able to go out there and play. So for all the people that are like, he was jogging and jumping around on the on the field before he left, his ankle must have been fine, who couldn't understand the difference between like, you know, prancing off and getting tackled by like Bro, that's a linebacker way, or a corner. Way, way different than me doing a full cut. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And he also was like shot up with painkillers in that ankle, right? And like the conversation around Turtleroll is huge. Like, I wish it was not linked to Antonio Brown here because it's a conversation that we really actually need to have more seriously because, like, it's dangerous. The NFLPA does not want teams to use it. There are entire teams, like the Colts, like Pat McAfee has said this a ton of times, don't even touch the stuff. They don't let any of their players use it. And something that whole teams in the NFL are like, this is actively terrible, we will not use it, teams use with liberty all the time. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see. I think it's just one of those things where the they need the players on the field, the revenue. You know, it's a big thing. It was it was it was particularly interesting to me. And like, I like Bruce Arians, so I'll start off by saying that. Like, I never really thought of Bruce Arians as a bad dude before this or anything like that. But this don't like it. Don't vote well. It do not. It do not. Right. You know why I don't vote well? I I'm gonna I'm gonna steal your thunder real quick. It's because Bruce never wanted him there. Like, let's get this straight. He's there solely because Tom wanted him there. Him and Tom have this great, like, damn near homeboys that grew up together connection that they just utterly love each other. And Tom wants him to be a better person, wants him to take care of everything he got to take care of. And he's long, he's willing to bring him along every ride he has. Bruce never wanted him to be there. Let's be clear. Bruce said the first time he messes up, he's out of there. Long and behold, guess what? He messed up. He wasn't out of there because the vac- vaccination card. You know mm-hmm. why he wasn't out of there? Because he, he went from being a luxury to being an absolute need because Chris Godwin got injured. So uh, Bruce had to double back and be like, oh, damn, kind of need him. So as much as he reluctantly probably still didn't want him, he said, oh, well, we're going to need him for this playoff push. So you have that. And this whole time, it's probably friction between the relationship because A.B.'s not stupid. Like, I mean, he's a little crazy, but he probably not just – stupid he knows that okay i'm here because of tom and this man probably don't like me so you add you add uh, the text message of him saying that about his ankle 
Uh, Bruce Sandy's not resting on the stars. I get it because they, they're, they've been struggling a little bit. They want to roll into the playoffs. They're struggling with the Jets. Like, I remember watching that game. They were struggling with the Jets. And then A.B., he's mad because he's not getting the incentives. So you add, hey, I'm not getting the ball. I got a bum ankle. And then you add the turmoil that you and Bruce have. I can see that conversation on the sideline not being great. Or it, it was probably a real ugly conversation. And I'm not saying that it was the right thing, but two people with not a great relationship, yeah, they probably ain't going to have a good conversation when you're talking about incentives, money, and my health. Like, we probably going to butt heads. And I'm not saying how A.B. handled it was ideal, like Terrence said on the episode we just did, that A.B. controls his image at the end of the day. And granted, his image is tarnished, but at that moment, he could have did a lot for his image. Just either sitting on the bench being quiet and then dropping the videos and the text messages and everything, or just walking to the locker room and then dropping it. Either way, I feel like he could have did something there to help his image. But like you said, it did leave a stain because Bruce and Tampa, I feel like, didn't handle it correctly. And I feel like it's weird because we saw what happened with Gronk. Gronk, I don't even know how Gronk was playing, bro. But he punctured his lung. And I was like, why is this man playing, bro? I was like, and you could tell he kind of looked, he like, he didn't look comfortable. And you got to, people forget, he retired early because he was getting banged up. Like he could just, he just couldn't stay healthy. So like I don't think I've never thought BA was bad. Okay. He he he's probably as good as they come. But yeah, you probably have moments that aren't your best. And I feel like these last couple moments or a couple weeks probably ain't been his best, especially with the A B situation, how he stands one way, but he knows like, okay, well, we need a ring and Tom wants him. It's essentially like the LeBron thing when LeBron being the GM of okay, I want this dude, I want this dude, or, or I'm not even going there, or I, I don't want to be there. So it's just how that got handled, how the Gronk thing got handled. It kind of it makes the Bucks look a little funny in a way because you remember when those reports first came out, Jay Glazer reported it like A A B just walked off, da, 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 and then Ian Rappaport reported it differently because then he got the full scoop. So I remember when it first it first came out, it was just A B's fault, blah blah blah. There wasn't no, and it's easy to paint him as the villain. Shit, he already a villain in everybody's story. So exactly. Yo, you said a lot of things that I want to unpack. Like, yo, so like I want to first talk about like you talking about grind. I actually felt like the way the Buccaneers had handled other injuries this year made me more likely to believe that some of the stuff AB said was true. You talked about Gronk having that rib injury, right? And then Gronk comes back early. He plays in one game, gets hurt again with the same injury, has to sit multiple games after that. That man, he never wore rib protectors, bro. Which is crazy to me to begin with, because he be getting hit a lot, but he never wore him. And then that happens. And I don't I think he finally wore it after the when he got re-injured again. I don't think he wore it that first game back. He didn't wear it until he got re-injured. He's like, okay, I probably need to wear this. Yeah, Chris Godwin when he tore his ACL was doing sprints on the sideline trying to see if he could get back into the game with the trainers. You ain't know that? They had this nigga Chris Godwin on a torn ACL doing sprints on the sidelines trying to see if he could get back into the game, my guy. Hey, you, know, you know what's crazy is the adrenaline is – I'm going to give Chris the path because the adrenaline's in. He probably didn't even realize that. And people will play a game, finish the game. You saw T.O. play with a broken leg in the Super Bowl like – it's just a Super moment. Bowl. Yeah, he was, yeah. Like, for he him, was like, I'm, yeah. it's a Super Bowl, not week 12. Yeah, <laughs> for him, it's the moment. Like, I'm playing, like, regardless. But if he, like, I don't, it's like they're prioritizing them going back to back. Like they said, they're like, no, we're going back to back. And, I mean, health is important, bro, especially in football. Like, you just got to, you can't just BS that. Like, it's, them players mean a lot more than just what they do on the field. 
Like that's somebody's dad at the end of the day. That's somebody's kid. That's somebody fucking uncle. Like they important to pe- other people other than just your fucking franchise. Yeah, bro. I'm I'm with you. And then like, of course, after Rappaport's story breaks, like you say, Bruce Arians is like downplays the injury to the press. <laughs> Right, it's like different directions, bro. They were, oh, yeah, yeah. Bro. <laughs> right. And like the, the wild thing is, like he downplays the injury to the press. He's acting like it was just all about AB Wallen and about the incentives. And then AB drops the two-page statement and then drops his text message chain of him talking to Bruce Arians and get quiet as hell from the Bucks camp. They get real quiet for what a day or two. Yeah, and then Bruce Arians comes out today and he is like, "A, it was only about incentives. He was mad he wasn't getting the ball." It was not about his injury, but now I do know he was injured, contradicted his earlier statements. Even though that text message chain in that presser, he told everybody was legitimate. He's like, those text messages are real. And AB is like, he's first off telling AB, y'all, you playing. We ain't sitting nobody. We ain't resting for the playoffs. AB is like, I don't know if I can go, coach. Says him a picture of his his leg being worked on. He's like, can I call you? Right, and there was no response to that. Can I call you? That's really telling for me, because like you knew he was hurt. He was DMP to practice the last two practices of the week. Yeah, he he didn't participate. He didn't so, participate until what Saturday. He 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 participated in the walkthrough. None of the like he the walkthrough on Saturday. None of the other practices for the week. So I'm just like, mm, it feels like. There's a little bit towards the middle. AB's out here on a total roll, shot up ankle in a ton of pain, running around, getting his cardio in. And he just and he and he mad as fuck. He's like, Y'all got me out here on this fucked up ankle, not getting shit. Hey, there's multiple things that can be right. I'm gonna bring up the stats for A B. He was eight catches away, right? So he's eight catches away, he's 55 yards away, and one touchdown away. Y'all know who A.B. is, even A.B. right then that moment. Probably could have got all that in that game before it ended, and that was the third quarter he walked off. Multiple things should be right. A.B., we know, has a history of handling shit terribly. It's obvious. We know he needed the incentives to get the extra money. And we also know that him and his agent were trying to get the guaranteed money for the season. Was it a week prior? Yeah. It was a week prior. They were trying to lock it in so he can get it. So maybe they knew, okay, our ankle is this bad. Can you ride this out and get it? So, yeah, that part of it could be right. But it could be also right that Bruce and Tampa didn't handle it correctly. Like, no matter what, the man, we y'all know ain't, they ain't stupid. They probably got a chart up top at, like, the front offices when someone's about, it, about to hit an incentive so they can move the money around. Like, they probably got something like that. And they probably knew he was probably getting close to the incentives, but they probably also knew, like, he wanted to hit him, but they probably didn't know how bad his ankle was. That was probably something he only knew. No, so the, they should have known, my guy. You know he missed seven games to injury. Right? Wild, like wild. he missed, he missed eight straight games. Right? He was suspended for three of those games, but he was on IR for two of the three games he was suspended. But that's a good point, though. See, see you know, another thing is he was on IR, so that's the difference. But that suspension in turn hurt him, and that's another thing where it brings up the instance where AB is being AB. Like if you you. Throw out the game of you leaving the Jet Stadium. Say, what was he? He was on IR for one of those, and then two of them. No, two. Of, no, he was on IR for two of the three suspended weeks. Okay, so one game you could have stepped in and played. So well, then, if he's hurt, he yeah, might have yeah. still not been able to play. We well, don't know exactly. Right? So maybe he could have been a go, 
But then his fake vaccination card and him being AB screwed that up for him right there. Those three games. One so extra maybe, game. One extra game. He was yeah, one extra, for two one extra game. So maybe you could have knocked us down earlier. You probably would have had those incentives before you walked off the jet. Walked off. That's true. That is well, true. Yeah, it literally, like two things to be right. The AB was trying to finesse the system a little bit, but then BA and Tampa didn't go about it correctly and thought they could probably just pin the blame. It's AB. We can just use them as a scapegoat. You know, and I'm not saying AB and Tampa are bad people. I don't think they are, but it's just how they handled that situation. But if you bring up two people that have some animosity towards each other, I don't expect them to handle a situation like two adults. Anybody. It could be two friends or it could be me and Terrence with some animosity towards each other. It depends on where we're at. A lot of people can't handle stuff in a professional manner and just be like, okay, this is business. And if B, if BA cut him right there and Dan told him to get the fuck out of here, he ain't handling the professional manner neither. Yeah, exactly. So that's a fault. He didn't handle him professionally. He could have just been like, hey, I need you to go to the locker room. Something, you know, something softer. But it's the heat of the moment. You lose it to the Jets. He they lose it to the Jets. That's big stress. <laughs> it has to be big stress. Lose it to the Jets. Lose the Jets. So you lose to the Jets. This man on the sideline bitching about targets, and you lose it to the Jets. So I can see why BA would have some animosity or feel some type of way. Because he already didn't want him in Tampa. Facts. Facts. And that was your tee off. Ooh, 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 spit that tea, ooh, sis. Spit that tea, ooh. sis. Let's play, boy. All right, all right. We are going to get into the five fly picks for week 18 of the NFL season, the last regular season picks for the year. Let's go out hot. All right. Game one, I got the Chiefs versus the Broncos. The Chiefs are favored by 10 and a half points. And personally, I'm taking the Chiefs. Minus 10 and a half. The Chiefs are four and one against the AFC West against the spread this season. The Broncos, on the other hand, are one and four. The Chiefs have something to play for, trying to capture the first seed in the AFC. The Broncos have nothing to play for after losing their last three games in a row. The last thing I'll say about this, and I'll let you go, is that the last time these two teams played, the Chiefs won by 13. I I don't like the Chiefs to win by 10 and a half. I feel like that's a... I feel like the Broncos low key. I don't know. I don't know why I got this. I got this weird feeling about the Broncos. They probably gonna cover it. Uh, for another thing, other than you know the spread, I think the Broncos should really call up Jim Harbaugh when he leaves, decides to leave Michigan or if he's on the fence about it. Cause y'all need to get somebody in there. The team that team is a good team. I think so. They're a quarterback and probably a head coach away. But I don't see them going out losing ten plus. Melvin Gordon was just talking about how they need to. They've been losing games, and they need to turn it around. Like, I don't think they're going to go out there and lose it, but. Uh, I mean, well, well, all right. I I hear you. I hear you. We'll shift on down to Pittsburgh versus the Ravens. Look, I got Pittsburgh plus five and a half. You all are five and a half favorites, which I thought was kind of shocking going into this game. But I'll take Pittsburgh plus plus 5.5. I like Pitt in presumably Ben's last game. Pittsburgh is six and four against the spread as an underdog this season, three and two against the division, and they won their first matchup against the Ravens. Another upset that I caught. Uh, well, I hope the Ravens sit Lamar for the whole year and he doesn't play in this game. And he didn't. He better not. He, he did better not. Play. The Ravens only won one game with Tyler Huntley. All the games have been close, but they've only won one game with Tyler Huntley against your Bears. I do got the Pittsburgh winning, but I think the Ravens can cover that five and a half. 
I think Pitt's going to win the game, and I'm going to have to pay my homeboy $20 because they're going to probably get the Ravens can't cover then. The Ravens are supposed to win by five and a half to cover. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I was shocked that the spread was so big. I guess maybe they were thinking Lamar's back and nah. he'll play, and that makes the spread. All bro. those games are super close. Like Tyler Huntley, the, they just lost by a point. I forget what the game before that was close. It was less than a touchdown, I think. It was like two because yeah. I think he could have won multiple times by just like – Going to OT and he chose not to. No, it, it, well, you got the play where they didn't go to OT, and then you got Tyler Huntley where he shows you he's a backup, bro. Like people are like, oh, like they're throwing like shade at Lamar. I'm like, bro, Marquise Brown was wide open. There's another one, Mark Andrews is wide open. Two different games, and you're telling me, yeah, okay. But I got a pick going. I'm look like I'm gonna have to give my homeboy twenty dollars because mm, of the sweep or just because of the game. Because they, if they win, they got a better chance of getting the playoffs. Because I think the. Mm. Uh, I think it's something with the Raiders and the Chargers. If the Raiders they have to win, Colts have to lose. Uh, Raiders, Chargers have to not end in a tie. Yeah, and I think honestly, the Colts could do some dumb shit and lose the Jets. <laughs> Won't be the dumbest thing I've done, craziest thing I've seen. Yeah, I imagine TJ Watt will wreck shit and take the season high sack record. But uh, you know, hey, look, Tyler Huntley's mobile. It helped. It's going to be helpful. He's going to need it. Bro. What's no. that? Villain away, but don't be blocking. Bro, he getting a sack, bro. <laughs> and they used to be on the same team. He probably just going. Next game, we got the Packers versus the Lions. I got this game originally at Packers minus two and a half. The spread is now jumped to four, minus four. And I imagine the spread was so small at first, and it's still so small because they're anticipating that the Packers do not play all their starters. Even though, like, Aaron Rodgers is like, I'm playing. I expect Devontae Adams to play, and we don't expect to sit. And LaFleur was a little bit softer. He was like, I don't like them not playing for, like, two, three weeks, right? And coming in cold. He he low-key smart because you remember that Ravens team? And mm-hmm. Well, we sat for all them games, and I was like, this is a bad idea. If them boys telling you let them play, even though they've been around the block, you know, they played, they just played in the NFC Championship game. Man, I'm putting the boys out there for this game. At least to yeah. like the second or third quarter. Late, like halftime or middle of the third. When they've probably opened up a big ass lead on, exactly. on the Lions. Exactly. Yeah. Like, obviously, like there are a bunch of stats on this, but it's like the Packers playing the Lions. So I'm not going to really get into all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep it moving. And this is the game that I had the most trouble calling. It's the 49ers versus the Rams. The Rams are four and a half point favorites at home against the 49ers. And I'm going to take the Rams here. I, I I strongly believe it. We know Jimmy Garoppolo is not really 100%. Trey Lance is out there. He's he's young. If Jimmy starts, he'll be starting hampered. Trey, I, I just don't trust Trey Lance to close this game against this Rams team. Kyle Shanahan, like what, four and one against the Rams? Yeah. He's gotten the better out of McVay every time they play. A hundred percent. And I think I'm going Rams. You I go, mean, I'm going for Niners. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I just, it's hard for me to trust Trey Lance, especially because the Rams are hot right now on a big win streak. They seem to be finally getting all the pieces together for this playoff run, right? Like OBJ looks like he is part of the offense, part of the offense. Yeah. They look like rolling. they're getting Cam Akers back. On top of Sony Michelle being kind of better put together, we've seen Von Miller eating as of late, seeing a bunch of single coverage. 
So I kind of I kind of like this Rams team that's surging right now. Yeah. Now the last team here for this is the Chargers versus the Raiders. The game that I guess technically, if they just both kneel down fifteen times and ended in a tie, they would both go to the playoffs. That's a game, low key. If I was like them, if I could be like the NFL, like, hey, we'll take a tie. Like, if both teams, because they're both can get the playoffs, like, yo, we're gonna take a tie. Yeah, but the NFL would probably be pissed. Bro, we'll both forfeit this game right now. I'm not getting these dudes banged up. We're both going to be in the playoffs. Forfeit right now. Yeah, I mean, they can't do it. Like, like, like <laughs> it would. It makes so much sense to do it. It's the logical thing to do, right? But they can't do it. Like, imagine if you paid hundreds of dollars to go to the Chargers-Raiders game in Las Vegas. So you know them tickets is high as hell. <laughs> in Vegas with their little, little like pool club area and shit. Like, you know, them tickets are outrageous. Yeah. And them niggas showed up and just kneeled down 15 times each. Like, I'd be so hot. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're already in the stands without, like, just off nothing. So <laughs> now they're going to have a real reason to fight in this. Yeah, nah, they, they might actually have a reason. Uh, but I like the charges here minus three. The Chargers are seven and three against the spread go, going into a game with equal rest with their opponent, which is like crazy to say. Uh, they are three and two against the division. I think that this team is starting to get really healthy on the defensive end, and that is something that they were missing out on. They were also dealing with a little bout of COVID, and they are past that as well. So they'll have their four receiving core: Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. All there with, of course, Justin Herbert excelling. And that defense is going to be better than it has been in a very long time. So I just – I feel like the Chargers are healthy when it matters. And that's so important, like getting healthy when the shit's about to actually hit the fan. I got the Chargers minus three here. Where you at? Uh, So the Chargers got to win by three or more? Yep. Uh, I don't think the Raiders are getting blown out like that. I like the Chargers – I like the Raiders to cover that. Oh, close game. You think the Raider, Raiders are going to win? Not win, but they ain't going to get – it's not going to be – it probably might be a point, bro, because if you look at it, the Chargers always go for it on fourth down damn there, right? What if one of those times where they should have kicked it – I still think Chargers will win the game, but they should have kicked it. The Raiders can close the deficit a little bit more. I think it probably – it probably honestly be an interesting game, even though it doesn't matter at all. Like, it's awkward, really doesn't matter. It'll matter because if the Raiders lose, they could be out the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, because the Raiders lose, they, there's no playoffs. So I feel like mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna play harder. It's tough though. No Darren Waller. There's obviously no Henry Ruggs. Derek Carr <laughs> is somehow steering this ship. Um, sure, Derek Carr gets a lot of hate, my guy. A lot of hate for a guy who is excelling through turmoil. Unreasonable hate because you look at it. There's turmoil, and every quarterback that is in the same tier as him. So you'd lump up Baker, you'd lump up Kirk Cousins, uh, maybe Jimmy G in there, even though I think Jimmy G is probably better than all of them. But they're all in that same bracket. None of those quarterbacks would be winning games with all the shit that's going on. Oh, None. Like, like, Kirk Cousins can't even win games with the, the offensive weapons he has. Baker, I don't know what Baker got going on. Jimmy G can't stay Baker healthy. was hurt. Baker was hurt. Baker was hurt. Come on, my guy. Baker was hurt. Baker was out there rocking like a cast sling thing on his arm for like seven weeks. So we gonna say that when all these linebackers be rocking the same cast and shit, bro. You know, what uh, I'm saying? I think it's a little bit different when like 
you see TJ Watt picking Baker up and being like, ha, all his motherfucking shit. Yo. Like, like, yo, dead ass. You see these niggas sacking Baker and they are they are sacking him like they that on purpose. They, shit, they are picking him up and making sure they turn him on that shoulder and like put on his bro, shit they, constantly. Bro, they hitting that man too. That's so like I just he gotta get out of Cleveland, bro. Him and Cleveland, the breakup needs to happen. It's just between him getting death threats. Them not really believing in him. Obviously, he lost the locker room when they shipped Odell, and Odell started producing. That was not a good look. I think oh, Odell, was wasn't Odell like one touchdown short of having the same number of touchdowns he had in his entire Cleveland career? Yeah, he already clipped it for, I think, this season. Or like last season, he clipped the touchdown. So I think it's you lump up. Or no, last season he, he, was injured. he got injured midway. Yeah, I think he had seven. He had seven his entire time in Cleveland. He might have like five or six right now. Yeah, so he's one away from tying it in half a season. And, and people are like bringing up, well, it's not that many yards. Well, guess who on the other side of him, motherfucker? He ain't going to get that many yards. And even so, if Odell Beckham is just like a red zone monster, then what the fuck happened in Cleveland? <laughs> like, like, I don't care about the yard. If he is just like in the red zone, he just keeps making shit happen with Matthew Stafford, who he just got together with. What happened in Cleveland? And then you gotta think, there's no Robert Woods, so he's getting the second corner. Like the second corner ain't going to Robert Woods; it's going to him now. Because remember, yeah. before the thing was okay, he's gonna eat because he's gonna get the worst corner, or he's gonna get the slot corner. No, that's not the case at all. He's getting the number two corner now. So, I like it. I like. I like what he's been doing. I'm happy for OBJ. I hope he gets. I hope he gets like two tuds this weekend, just so he can be like, man, I really have more touchdowns in half a season than I had in what three years in Cleveland, bro, two and what, two and a half. That's what Stafford throwing all these interceptions too, bro. I, yeah, bro. They be kind of. They are very risk prone been, until the third, fourth. Lions. Yeah, but not. But that's the thing in the fourth Didn't quarter. Matter. In the fourth quarter, he is not throwing any interceptions. So but, it seems like he is making gambles on purpose. But you, you know, like, say you do that against the Cowboys, right? You gamble and you try digs and he picks you, right? Or say you go play Green Bay and Russell Doug just picks you and he's been picking everybody, right? Yeah. Say somehow the Saints get in and the Saints bump you because Lattimore or one of them safeties get an interception at the end and they just hold the ball. They just hold, they run the clock down, they don't let you touch the ball again. But that's the thing. He does not throw interceptions in the fourth quarter. Like that's like that's really it's it's kind of odd to think like something switches in that second half of the game. I don't know if it's like McVay sees what's going on and then he's like, I need you to do these things instead of the shit that he was doing before, and Matthew Stafford can just go out and execute that. Which, like, to be fair, that's everything McVay wanted. Right. But if, like if you look if you look at it, say he doesn't throw them interceptions, right? Say he throws two in the first half, right? What if you're down by two, bro? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what if you're down by that touchdown and say you're going back and forth, but you're not getting that one extra touchdown because they're they not getting that stop. Yeah. Yeah. What if they not turn over the ball? They're going down the field getting field goals, or maybe you're not turning over the ball, but they got you get going four and out and you gave up a pick six. Like he got some most pick sixes, bro. You give up a pick six in the playoffs. Bro, Tom Brady literally threw the game to the Saints last year. Because the Saints decided to play Drew Brees and not Jameis Winston, guess what happened? Them boys went home. <laughs> God, like, and I'm not saying, like, he going to do it. But it, that's a if you look at what Tom did last year, think about what I'm saying. Like, if Drew hadn't been the quarterback and that man threw that many interceptions, 
that Saints D was having a field day against him. The only difference was Drew was fucking up too. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I don't think you're wrong. It is a concern. It's just not a concern in the clutch, which is like everything that people used to knock Matt Stafford for. It's he used to be Mr. Garbage Yards. He used to be Mr. Garbage Yards. Remember when he was with yeah. the Lions? But now in the clutch, he is not making any of those mistakes. So I think like I want to still give him his his flowers because when the season started, motherfuckers was acting like Matthew Stafford might not be that big of an upgrade from Jared Goff. I think the only difference is is that when Jared Goff was thriving, he had Todd Gurley. So I feel like people really are ignoring that. Like, you know, like it's not a big deal. Bro, go from having one of the best running back in football at the time to, okay, we're barely running the ball. We're not getting that many yards, and you're relying on me, and you know I can't really do this. Like somehow Tennessee is able to pull that off with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's kind of regressed. Granted, his weapons have been injured. And yeah, Henry that's a thing. Man. But this man is throwing what? I think he's like – 17 to 14 for touchdowns and interceptions, and they still they winning games. It's crazy. Their defense came on. Their defense finally came on this year. Bud Ooh. Dupree has been on it. Hey, he was just in a CBS altercation. Ooh, <laughs> Yo, get that, get his phone. <laughs> Yo, he's, he's like, like you get outside, you get his phone. He <laughs> said that so smooth. Hey, get the phone. It just got out of there. Yeah, he told he told one boy that was that was clearly in the fight, you go outside, other one get his phone. He was directly traffic. He was conducting my guy. He was like, Yo, outside, get the phone. <laughs> That boy was looking real John Gotti like, hey, get the phone. I'm out of here. <laughs> Yo, we didn't talk hey, about I'm the Titans. People was on his ass about it. That shit was so G. I was like, damn, bro. I mean, this is a bad look, but it looked gangster. It wasn't that bad of a look, though. That's the worst part because they were like, he's in an altercation. But we didn't see him hit, fight, nothing. All we but saw I, him was him say, get his phone and walk off. But people were bringing up, like, the shit was already fucked up before the start of the video. Like, the store looked messed up. And maybe he had another video or something. But when the, the police kept questioning him in Tennessee, he just they wanted him for questions. He, at first, it was to charge him. But then they did. And it was like, okay, well, what can, we can't charge him with anything. He's not doing anything. Somebody on his team probably got charged. It looked like he probably was with, like, his, was he with his I don't know if he was with his team. Oh, you mean, like, his... his like, no, like, not, his homeboys yeah, his home and, like, his girl, you know? Yeah, yeah it looked like he was with girl. some of his peoples. Yeah, yeah. Like he was some one of his people looked like he was the person actually fighting, and he was like, "Yo, you got to go outside." <laughs> he was like, "Yo, I got too much to lose, bro. Get your yeah. ass outside." Because they ain't gonna sue you; they gonna sue me because I'm with you, bro. And that's the thing: how Buddy was like, "Oh, look at Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree ain't doing a damn thing." <laughs> Getting like, the camera on Bud Dupree's face, he over here standing like three feet away from the altercation. People, people, funny like trying to get celebrities jammed up because they know they could probably get a bag from them. And now I get why celebrities be so standoffish with people. Like when I was younger, I really didn't get it, and now I understand why celebrities just don't want nothing to do with like a normal person, like an average person. They're like, nah. Yeah, y'all be wilding. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna have to pay something because you did some dumb shit and antagonized me. Yo, okay, so we are good here. We're on the Titans. I want to keep going. Yo, so King Henry was spotted at practice again for the Titans after breaking a bone in his foot this season. Can the Titans go on a Super Bowl run when he's back? Runner pass, Keith. Oh, I'm running with it. You know why? Because I did something big for the Titans. I just gave the Titans a lot of praise on the pod the other day. Because Next. they got a lot going on in the midst of missing this man, Derrick Henry, who we all know is the best running back in football. It's not by even far. a question. 
So this is the little campaign I got for the Titans. Derek, they lost Derrick Henry week eight, right? In the middle of that game, he was done. He, they're, they're the top team in the AFC. With the win, they secured one, right? They just won the AFC South for the second consecutive year. They have allowed the six fewest points on defense. While the team is not healthy, Julio has been in and out. A.J. Brown's been dealing with injuries. They lost their number one corner pick that was skeptical coming out of college because of injuries. He got injured. Ryan Tannehill's been struggling. Vrabel should easily be coach of the year. There's Thanks. no question that is the coach of the year. Tennessee fans book it. He don't get coach of the year. Y'all can start fighting everybody else at CVS's and Walgreens outside of y'all state. Okay. They're 10th in sacks and they're third in rushing, bro. Derrick Henry is still top 10 in rushing. It's just Yo, that's like, just nuts. It took it took Jonathan Taylor like three extra weeks to beat that dude. <laughs> and he's not gonna clip two two thousand, bro. Derrick Henry would have clipped two thousand already. <laughs> so there's that, and then this is another weird stat. They're they're forty two percent on third down, but on fourth down they're sixty two percent. So them chances where they ain't getting the third down, just know they're going for it. They probably getting the fourth down. So that is just my little praise to the Titans. It's amazing to see. I think Brable. There's like coaches that you would see and you would want to play for them, or you know the guys buy into them and don't question them their leadership. Like you got a Mike Tomlin, Harbaugh, or Belichick. Like there's just those coaches where dudes don't question; they play hard for them regardless. And you see it; those dudes are out there buying in and playing hard. And it's nice to see Kevin uh, Byard. He's getting his shine finally. He should have been getting his shine, but he's getting it. So it's nice to see. I think it. And they got the toughest unis in the league. Easy. Facts, facts, facts. Boy, them throwbacks is tough. Those are hard. So I got speaking of, I do agree for Mike Vabro Coach of the Year. I've had him for Coach of the Year since like back back, right? Really? Yeah, yeah. I think actually Terrence was on that pod. Me, Terrence, and Sam. It was one of the weeks that she was busy, and I was like, Vabro was undeniably the Coach of the Year. And this is like probably like week eleven. It's just to that point where it's 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 like T.J. Watt for defensive player of the year. Like that's a lock. That is actually where we're going because T.J. Watt is a lock for defensive player of the year, who was also my pick in like week eleven, and I ain't trying to hear it from nobody else no more. <laughs> T.J. Watt is that guy. Yeah, he that guy. He that dude. It because last year it was A.D. Right. I get why Aaron Donald got it. You know the how people look at Aaron Donald. I kind of got it. But TJ Watt, the only person, there's only two people in my eyes that can challenge him. And that's without me looking at the, the stats to like pull up everybody's right now. But just looking at or three. Miles Garrett could challenge him, right? But he's not getting the playoffs. And he's been he's missed a couple games. And awkward enough, TJ Watt's missed a couple games. Still, he's missed two games, I think, still leading in sacks. He's only played 14 games, so he's missed three games. Right. And Crazy. he got hurt in like three other games that did not actually play all of those games. Ridiculous. I think TJ Watt actually getting hurt is a reason why he should win defensive player of the year. I don't even think him getting hurt. He should win it because he's played less games. The only person there's two people. So we'll we'll not I'll knock Myers off the board. Robert Quinn, because the year he's having, he just shattered the Insane. the the sack record. He got 18. It was it was uh by Kent Dent, I believe. He had yeah. 17 and a half. He the broke Bears personal sack record. Personal sack record, yeah. Personal sack record for the Bears. Robert Quinn got 18. That's 18 and counting because he's going to play this week. Mm -hmm. And then you look at it. Could you give it to Michael Parsons? And honestly, it, it's tough. If TJ wasn't having the – if TJ didn't have the year he just had, then yes. But the fact that TJ had the year he just had, is it's not a debate. You got to give it to TJ. And I'm a Ravens fan, and you got to give it to someone on the fucking Steelers. 
Got to give it to TJ. TJ has 21 and a half sacks. He is one and a half sacks away from beating Michael Strahan's record for the like NFL sack record. He has six passes defended, four forced fumbles, 20 tackles for a loss, which also leads the NFL. 59 total tackles. His shit's so crazy, bro. It made me, when I looked up his stats, it made me look back and see how dominant his brother was because his brother was talking shit to him about. I forgot there were so many years where J.J. Watt ripped off 20. J.J. Watt was undeniably, like, the best defensive player in the <laughs> league. for mo- Like, we, people talked about J.J. Watt the way we talked about Aaron Donald. Bro, I didn't even think, like, J.J. Watt legit, I think it's like three, four years ripping off 20, 20 sacks. Yeah. I'm going to check it, but I think it's three, It's at least three. Years. It's at least three. Bro, it's, I know at least like three. 20 plus. Like, granted, he probably not getting the uh, the total, like, the sack record every year. But 20 plus, bro? Like, are you serious? Yo. So, that's the thing. We talk about Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons has played 200 more snaps. Uh, over Micah, 200 more snaps than T.J. Watt. From the injuries to Demarcus Lawrence when he broke his leg, he was out for like a couple of weeks, and then he benefited because they had a Dan Quinn had to rearrange how the defense was lining up, and they were like, "Well, we can send Mike off the edge and stop having him drop back in coverage." Because if you watch the Bucks game, Gronk was beating him in coverage, and he—he's—I'm not saying he's bad in coverage, but he wasn't looking great in coverage. He's it's better like, as an edge rusher. Yeah, as an edge rusher, you just let him go off of how he's feeling. So then they were like, okay, well, let's switch this up and let them do let the rookie just have at it. And it's been great for their defense. It's been great, but I mean it's just not comparing to TJ Watts. You know TJ Watt has over 300 less snaps than Aaron Donald and is pulling off these numbers. Over 300 less snaps than Aaron Donald. Like, like I actually think TJ Watt being hurt is a positive for his thing because it's just like stats per snap might be just like the most ridiculous thing the NFL has ever seen. It's crazy because, and then you look at it, I, I pulled out JJ stats. He didn't do a consecutive. He did. He did sixteen early on in Houston. Probably got injured. Did seventeen and a half, twenty, ten and a half, twenty again. So it was never twenty back to back. But it was just the fact that he got twenty twice is crazy. Only twice? Yeah, he got twenty and a half. Damn, I thought he had a third season with twenty. Yeah, fourteen. He had twenty and a half, and two thousand twelve, he had twenty and a half. Okay, all right. But, like, again, I will say what I said the first time. I am once again asking you to vote for T.J. Watt as Defensive Player of the Year. So let's keep this moving. And we got to talk about some shit that's going on in Atlanta. (laughs) Yeah, so we all know about Calvin Ridley being on the NFI list this season, sitting out for his mental health. But now there is strong, strong rumors circling around that Calvin Ridley will be departing from Atlanta after this season. Do you think there's something more to this story, Keith Runner Pass? Uh, we got to run with it because it's big news. Like, uh, they just exercised his fifth-year option, so he got, like, 20. That's the only downside about number one picks. Say you got six number one picks on your team, everybody playing good. You're like, oh, we got to exercise his fifth-year option. You're in cap hell now. But you look at it, I think he t- he looked at what happened with Julio and then them not winning that Super Bowl and having Matt Ryan throwing the ball and be like, no, I don't. And then mentally, those fans, like, I never looked at what fans were saying to him until I went back and looked. Bro, fans were saying some wild ass shit. Like, I don't even—he didn't even look like a mean guy. Like I don't know what he does that you would say crazy shit to him. Were they saying it before he decided not to play anymore for his mental health? They said it like before because, like, I think there was a game where he didn't snap. 
like he didn't do too great. And then they said as soon as he announced that he he had the mental health going on, bro, I wouldn't want to play Atlanta either. How them fans was acting? Like they was wilding. They yeah, was wilding. Between that and it, and Atlanta's smart. This is why it works for Atlanta. Atlanta has to keep Matt Ryan until next year, and then they can cut him. If you can trade Calvin Ridley now, someone's gonna give you a number one pick from. Someone's gonna, give you a, someone's gonna give you a number one, and if they don't give you a number one. They'll give you like multiple twos, right? So he, ha- he is worth the number one. Like yeah, oh, I thought Calvin Ridley was a top five receiver last year in the league. Calvin's Maybe top like, seven. Calvin's in those stringy long receivers, like how you have Justin Jefferson, you got Calvin Ridley, like they're like loose and they're just they get they, the route running is exceptional. So you look at it, Atlanta, if they're smart, I'm doing it. I'm pulling the trigger because a team like Baltimore, I fucking hope they pull the trigger on this. If you want a fit a first and then like a third. Boy, here, take it. Please take it. Take it. Bro, take my money. <laughs> take it no. now. <laughs> no, because I obviously they don't want the first for this year. They want the first for next year when the quarterbacks leave. So then next year when Matt's gone, boom, boom, we got our quarterback. Boom. And they want to be able to package multiple firsts to exactly. move up in the draft. You focus mm-hmm. on the first next year and then say two thirds, we're in business. So I yeah. feel like the team, like the, the Ravens would do it. Uh, well, we ain't got no first round picks, or we'd be out. Yeah, there you guys the can't. You, you guys can't do it. I, I look at a team like the Colts; they would be interested in that. If the Packers don't bring back Devontae Adams, they would probably bring him in. You know, mm, they, the Packers don't. Packers are cheap, and he's on his fifth year deal, so they would have to up cheap. his contract again. They cheat, but the thing is, if he leave, if Aaron leave or retire, and then Devontae Adams like, well, well, my boy left, I'm leaving. Is it easier to tag Devontae and mm-hmm. not have him going forward longer? Or is it easy to bring in Ridley and sign Ridley? I mean, I I, I think it all depends on the Aaron thing because it looks like Aaron's going to stay right now. And if Aaron stays, Devontae stays. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Devontae sign almost an identical number of years to Aaron Rodgers' oh, extension. He leaving leave when Rodgers leaves. <laughs> yeah. But I, like, I, I would say the Patriots, because, you know, Terrence is a pass fan. I just don't see – me and Terrence were talking about – I don't see Bill getting over first. It's too high of a pick. No, I – he should though, because there's a proven receiver. But I think he would do something like he'd wait for Allen Robinson to get released finally from the Bears out of this franchise tag hell, and just be like, "Hey, that's a physical receiver." Because if you told me to pick, if I'm gonna take Allen, Rob- I'd take Allen Robinson over Calvin Ridley. I like Allen Robinson's fantastic, and I'm so Bro. mad that we won't pay him. Exactly. So he's gonna leave. They probably and without giving up any picks, you just pay him. Like I think Bill would be like, "Okay, I'm gonna take the gamble on him." And throw a little bit of a bag because they got Mac Jones on his rookie deal. So it's like, yeah, that. yeah I'm with you. That's just out. All right, let, let's switch over to some NBA style stuff. Speaking of returns, Clay Thompson is close to coming back. Rumors are that we may see him this Sunday. <sighs> That's just crazy. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Are you expecting a big game from Clay in his first return in like two seasons? I'm expecting a big, healthy game. I don't care if Buddy don't score a fucking basket. I just want to see him touch a basketball court and get up and down because I love basketball. Obviously, I played ball in high school and just playing ball. I still play ball to this day all the time. It's just nice to, like, see. I think people get caught up in the Warriors play bad basketball because they see these dudes taking the threes. No, they play great team basketball, bro. The ball is moving. It's getting to where it should be. It's getting open shots, like. It's, those are their shots. <laughs> bro, yeah. For me, being such a big basketball guy, like playing, like, the shots they get, how dudes are always getting open, how Steve Kerr, like, gets these dudes to buy it, it's fucking insane to me. So, I'm glad to see Clay 
Mr. I ain't got a dribble to get off 60 points. Is That's I, what I love. Bro, and they win in games, bro. So let's say he don't come back full force Clay, Clay this year, right? Or maybe he does. Maybe he does what Kevin Durant did off the fucking Achilles. He's like, bro, I'm back like I never left. It's an Achilles and an ACL, though. He got them bitches back to back. But his shot, his shot's going to be – if his shot's still wet, he just has to be standing and he, he don't have to move. I think might, the, only, the only downside is is if he's not – like say he can never be what he was, he not picking up the best – Yeah, defensively, he not picking up the best primary offensive player anymore. And that was the thing they could cover up a lot because Steph could try hard, but Steph could never guard the best uh, guard. So it was like, okay, well, we got Clay, and now you look at it, it's like, ah. Eh. But they got Jordan Poole, the young dude. I, forget I love Jordan Poole. Uh, you yeah, talk three young about dudes. Jordan Poole, and then two two other light skin. Talking Kaminga. Oh no, light skin like Juan Toscano Anderson. Yeah, they got him, and they got somebody else. Like they got the whole down light school light light skin team besides Draymond. It's, just <laughs> it's 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 insane. I'm excited. I hope he snaps. But even if he don't, I'll just be happy seeing him get up and down. I'm with you. So we got to talk about one more big, well, actually two more big returns. Lance Stevenson. I got, we got to talk about Lance Stevenson being on fire and I'm about to run so hard with this because like <laughs> born ready was really going crazy yesterday. Lance Stevenson came up with the Pacers. He went off. He scored 20 points in six minutes against the Nets. He Bro, had he, 35 and three for the game. I, I mean, the Nets don't play defense anyway, but like this to snap like that, bro, and he be in and out of the league. That's what oh, I'm saying. That's it tough. don't make no sense. Okay, so Lance Stevenson not being in the league has to be purely politics. I'm not like that's like. Do, I mean, what's your take on that? I don't know if it, I mean because the thing is, people say he's not a consistent shooter, but then you look at stuff like I don't know how Jamal Crawford wasn't on nobody's fucking team. Yes, he's a liability on defense, but who's stopping this man on offense? You got, it's you like got, youth movement. It's all the youth movement stuff. Like it's all politics where they're like, "You're old. I don't I, care if you're a better player." Like look, we've look seen what, your peak. Look what Bron doing. People saying Bron. Look at what he doing. Right now, everybody Bron. No, yeah, everybody ain't Bron. But you just saw what Lance did. You ain't. You don't need Lance to drop you thirty six every night. But Lance like, can drop you ten a night. I think Lance could drop you ten a night. And he'll play defense. Yeah. He's always been. A, he's always been a willing defender. Exactly. Oh, like so them, you know them series where they were playing Brian. He was blowing in Brian's ear, doing all a bunch yeah. of wild shit, trying to get in his head. Like, but Lance has always been a willing defender. Like, it's, I think it's just because people are trying to go younger, develop players. But then you got some of these young dudes that aren't developing. So, like, what what is the fucking point? Like, especially if you're a fringe playoff team, like not Indiana, they probably ain't gonna make the playoffs. I, I don't know where they're at. They might because they're struggling. Yeah, but like. Those teams that were okay, my young dude's not playing that well, but I can get a vet in here, and we already on the cusp of the playoffs. We get in the playoffs, you know. Like, I would just take the vet, honestly. Like, I feel like in some cases, but that ain't every case though, because you got Melo. Melo don't show up every night for the Lakers. It's like, well, damn. What if we had someone else? Yeah, but the, but Melo don't show up every night. But like, Melo is one of their best players to, uh, frequently. Like yeah. when other people were struggling, Melo was carrying shit. Scoring big buckets, and it's weird because Melo, it's hard. It's hard for Melo to find his spot because Melo transitioned into just being a spot up shooter to find his place in the league. He did right? that on OKC. He was, mm-hmm. he was not like that. Yeah, it really, really developed, and like, and then he got to 
Portland and like in Portland, he was a spot up shooter, but also like Portland would just give him the ball sometimes and be like, go do mellow shit. That's right. People forget like how these players were like Melo was never a spot up shooter, bro. He is now, but he was never like, oh, give me the ball, like pass it to me. I'm open. I'm knocking this down. He was like, hey, I'm take bring the ball up or you're giving it to me at the top of the key and I'm going to work from there. And it's it just gets you with like the jab fakes, the little t- yeah, spin. Yeah. Put his body on you because he's a bigger dude. I think it's nice, though, because he, he learned how to make his career longer. Like imagine Russ starts knocking down shots and stops turning over the ball. How much longer this man's career could possibly be? Because he's still young. So just say he gets a good – and it's not like he can't shoot. There's that MVP year or years where he's had a good percentage. So say he knocks down the turnovers, bro. Then you're like, oh, well, shit, you, you're not – you only getting two turnovers? Maybe uh, one? Maybe none? Oh, say less. I mean, he had, like, his first zero turnover in game in, like, 400 games. Yeah, bro. It's that was sad. crazy somebody said that to me. And he's a point guard. Like, if it was somebody else, I probably wouldn't have thought it was crazy. But, like, your point – like, I, Chris Paul ain't got no shit like that. Yeah, but, that, but like, this is the reason why Chris Paul is the point guy. But we on point guard shit. Kyrie Irving is back. Played his first game back also in that Pacers game, coming off the injury and then not being able to play at all because of the whole COVID thing. And Boyd came back and dropped 22, 4, and 3 like it wasn't nothing. Man, I got the best bag you ever just seen, bro. Crazy, bro. Do you think the Nets are now the favorite in the Eastern Conference with Kyrie playing road games? Run or pass? Uh, run with it. But if I was the Nets, I'd trade Kyrie Irving. i use it as bait. Mm. Use it as bait. You're going to get some picks. Kyrie just showed you. He, bro, people thought he was bullshitting. He came back 22. Easy, easy 22. And you got to think, that's 22. His shot wasn't hitting because he ain't been playing as much. But so he imagine, was like, nasty in the bucket. Bro, imagine if his stroke was right, bro. Jit probably would have hit 38. So, it, but you just can't stop him getting to the rim. That's like his stroke don't need to fall like that because the shit he do is just nuts. It's un, it's next world, bro. Best small man finisher. He probably got a – it sounds wild. He probably got a crazier bag than AI. And I used to watch AI growing up, bro. His oh, 100%. Bag, his bag is that crazy, bro. AI's AI's bag wasn't anywhere near as diverse as Kyrie's. The move that AI would hit you with just it it always worked. You know, like AI hit them niggas with the same bro, move. You knew this nigga was gonna hit you with it. Just, yeah, it is always like he got like when he got Jordan with that move, and he was like, "Oh, I got Jordan with that shit." <laughs> it's bro, like you yeah. knew what he was gonna do, and he's, he's he's you know like he's he stole that move from a teammate in Georgetown. Nah, I never knew that though. Yeah, he says it in his forty for forty. He stole that move from a t- like a teammate from Georgetown. Hit him with it. He was like, "Oh, you got to show me how you do that." <laughs> Bro, it's crazy, but the thing is, like Kyrie got the ball. It's like he he's a puppet playing with when he got the ball in his hand, bro. He got that shit on a string, bro. It's so it's so easy for him, and it's so crazy to see. Like it's just, I would love to play like a scrimmage against him and just see like like just see him on a court playing. Like, damn, bro, this man really like that. Cause he is, but it's just like something you want to see in person. Like the bags is it's different, bro. It's like it's like Kevin Durant. Like you, there's nothing you can do to get that man off his game. He just got to have an off night. You're not gonna stop him. You know what I mean? Like it's just mm-hmm. crazy seeing stuff like that. You playing the defense and just hoping he missed, bro. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was the run pass option. We're actually running in close to an hour right now. I, and honestly, we'll actually see if a lot of these guys have gotten fired because Black Monday is on the horizon. The one thing we can do is just 
I want your opinion on if you think this guy is in or out by on Monday. We'll okay. start with the easy one. Chicago's Matt Nagy at six and ten with the with the Bears. In or out? I low key think he's in. Ooh. Oh, look, check me out. Chicago, you can't you can't just keep bringing in coaches and just swapping them and like I, I don't know. Cause I don't know what else you're gonna do to fix that franchise. Jim Harbaugh. People are people are talking Harbaugh. People are talking Dable. If if I'm Harbaugh, Harbaugh gets to pick where he goes. I'm picking either the Broncos, Seattle, or uh, the Panthers job. That's what three jobs, and definitely the Broncos job. I can get a real pick. Okay. Minnesota Zimmer. He got to be seventy nine. Oh God, he got to be out. Oh, okay. Zimmer out. Denver's Vic Bench. Oh, what's up? Why did you not play Kellen Mond, bro? What? What? I didn't get that either. And that then Sean Mannion just stunk it up. In forty, like Sean Mannion only had two more career starts than Kellen Mond at the beginning of that game. <laughs> like Dennis, right. he only had two if more I starts. GM right there, I would have fired him, bro. I would. Why did we draft Kellen Mond? You drafted Kellen Mond because you played Kirk Cousins too much. So you low key hoping Kellen Mond. Can become something, so you could okay. We could just curse right the bench, or we'll cut you when we can. Yeah, Denver's Vic Fangio also at seventy nine. He got to be out. He, oh my god, go call that man, Jim Harbaugh, please. Yo, I actually think Vic Fangio so far is the guy that most deserves his job. They don't have a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater. Nice, but he got hurt a bunch this year. And it's just like, you're not going to win. Like, if Jim Harbaugh takes that Denver job and can't replace Teddy Bridgewater with a better quarterback, Jim Harbaugh will probably end up 8-10, and 10, maybe 9-7. and seven. Denver trying to figure out if they can get in this Deshaun Watson sweepstakes or and Aaron Rodgers. If you can get Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, I think Vic Fangio deserves the opportunity at that point. Because it's not like he can't coach. That defense is always great. He's a defensive-minded coach. And it's just like the quarterback play needs to get a little bit better. And ever since Peyton, the GM has consistently fucked Vic Fangio and his quarterbacks. They need to get Paxton Lynch. They need, yeah, but they can't go on Trevor Simeon. They know they can't draft a quarterback. That's all I'm saying. So it's not his fault. I'm like, Vic Fangio, your GM is consistent. Like, look. Elway need, consistently fucked that man for like a, half a decade. They need they need for a quarterback because doesn't isn't Rodgers a free he's not a free agent this year. Uh, he his agreement I think he had an agreement with the Packers to come back that if he wanted out at the end of this season they would let him go to the okay. team of his choice. So they need they, the Broncos need something where they don't have to come up off a lot. And if I just got to come up off a pitch to get the person that's ideal. Like say Russ, see I was like hey we want to recoup. This fucking Jamal Adams shit show. If I'm Denver, hey, bro, I'll give you this first, next year's first, and a third. And then probably you're going to have to add another first in there. So three first, a third, and I'll give you a fifth for shits and giggles. Right. Vic Fangio was the guy that I thought might deserve the most chance just feeling the way the Broncos have been playing. We moved down to the Giants. Joe Judge with the Giants at 4-12. and 12. Bro, blow the whole team up. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be fired. Daniel Jones ain't, and I don't even think Daniel Jones is bad. I think Daniel Jones could be a real good backup in the league. Like, I think if you can get Daniel Jones to be your backup, you might be somewhere because he showed that he can stop turning the ball over as much as he once was. Joe Judge ain't it. You pay too much money. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius he didn't score a single touchdown. Boy, Kadarius Tony's your bright spot, and boy, that boy banging big 
big C's and just all over the place, bro. Like, he's amazing, though. But, like, I don't – that team's so bad, bro. They're so bad. Like, it just – I don't know. You can't be that bad, bro. You you can't be that bad with that. They have a lot of talent. The last one I have on here, and this will be an interesting one. I put a question mark next to it. The Seahawks with Pete Carroll at 6-10. and 10. You know, it's funny you say this. They gotta get rid of them because I'm on board with Seattle. To, I'm on board with Seattle to clean house, like how I just said the Giants. If I'm Seattle, bro, I, I know we're just doing the the coaches thing. I'm gonna spill this. If I'm Seattle, I'm firing Pete. I'm gonna go get an actual head coach and an actual owner slash GM because I want to say the person that is the GM. I think it's like his the dude that died. It's his sister in like looking after is his the daughter team. or sister. Yeah, daughter or sister, and then Pete really gets all the power. So yeah, because she knew Pete already because she was around and Pete was there. So basically, Pete gets a de facto GM position. Yeah. I'm firing Pete or I'm telling Pete, hey, you need to walk off in the sunset or we're going to fire you. Boom. That's salt, right? I'm giving Bobby Wagner his choice of where he wants to land. And I'm just going to ask for draft picks for, for wherever he wants to go. So say, I don't know, give me a team. Give me a team. For Bobby Wagner, I would say – Rams can't afford him, but I would say maybe like a team like the Dolphins okay, trying to so replace that Van Noy loss. Say the Dolphins, hey, we want Bobby Wagner. Just give us a first. You just want one first for Bobby? Granted, it's going to be the Dolphins first. So you're going to get a good first. Boom, swap right there. Russell Wilson, you can get three firsts from Russell. And I'm saying at minimum three firsts, and you're going to get multiple others. So I'm trading Russell, and then I'm trading Jamal Adams' ass to a team that can use him. No, but the thing is, yo, I'm, that's so sad because y'all just re, y'all just gave up so much shit for Jamal. Y'all just they can't use him properly. You can't, you can't, you can't pair Jamal Adams with uh, Diggs, who's five fucking nine, and y'all ain't got no corners. With, with, it's not gonna work. Like if you had corners and Diggs is five nine asses back there, okay, you can make that work. But you can't make it work because it's just Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, Jordan Books, Cottrell Diggs, no corners. Like it, teams are feasting on that, so I'm gonna send Jamal Adams. Shit, the Saints would probably take him. Yeah, I, the Saints would actually be able to use him very well, but the Saints are just in cap hell. Saints, maybe the Niners to get younger at safety. Like, there's teams that would take him that he would fit their mold because they could be like, okay, we got extra safety now. We can put you in the box like you want to be, and you just have you rush off the edge or stay in the coverage in between in the zone. You know, what I'm saying? at that point, you would want to send him to Denver. Because yeah. Denver's, Denver's Denver, back Denver. defense is nutty. He could rush all day. Bro, Denver's low-key could send you a corner, too. Oh, my God, bro. Imagine Justin Simmons with Jamal Adams. And you got and Patrick. motherfucking Patrick Satan on the other side of that shit. Yeah, boy. <laughs> rushing, bro. Oh, my God. Bro, I, but I think, like, if you're Seattle, you just got to hit the full detonate button because you saw Bill Belichick do it. He got lucky. It was a COVID year, so he, his dudes were able to get healthy. And then they just hit the reset button. Hit the reset button, bro. Just fucking hit it. Because there's no way. Even say you get rid of Pete, you get another coach in. I, that roster is not complete enough for you to compete. So what, what are you going to do? You need DK Metcalf. Hopefully DK Metcalf, you get him paired up with a quarterback. He can grow more. He's a young dude. He needs to run routes better. His hands are a little iffy at times. But he's he's a physical specimen and can be a dog later down the line. Keep Tyler Lockett because your fans fucking adore him. But I think you got to snip the umbilical cord. People are getting too caught up on, oh, well, we drafted them. They got to retire with us. Nah, bro. Did it happen with Tom Brady? Did it happen with Peyton Manning? Shut the hell up. Okay. 
I'm with you. All right. Those are the those are the coaches I had that were on the hot seat. Did you have any other guys that you were like, mm, he should be he should be questioning his job right now that you were thinking about? Give me one sec. One sec. Uh, not off the top of my head. Maybe the Panthers coach. Matt Rule, that's a good one. I do not think. But I don't think it's. I don't think it's his fault. He just ain't got a quarterback. But he been they not winning, so it's like. Yeah, I bet they wish they kept Teddy, <laughs> and they do none of this other shit. Teddy Miller, Darnold, bro. Oh my god! Yeah, I bet they wish they just kept Teddy. They would have been in such a better situation. That's like, like that Baker thing, bro. <laughs> Twenty yeah. mil. Now you're like, oh my god. <laughs> okay. All right. Look. Let, let's let's finish out the show strong. Y'all is Tony Playboy. Welcome to the final segment of the show, the heart of the show, Ballers Bouquets. Too often the media, people only focus on the negative and salacious things athletes do and never want to give them their credit where credit is due. Here, I like to make a change. And this week's Ballers Bouquet goes to Derrick Henry for his two-all foundation. So Derrick Henry's two-all foundation exists, according to him, to level the playing field for today's youth so that their success is not limited by the circumstances of their upbringing, background, disability, or influence. And the two-all foundation does a lot of things back in his hometown of Uly, Florida. I don't even know if you know where that is. Definitely. Hell no. It's probably in one of these weird-ass spots in Florida, bro. There's a lot of weird (laughs) spots in Florida I never would live. Yeah, he's from Uly, Florida, uh, and does a lot of work in Uly, Florida, as well as in Tennessee, where the Titans are. This year, in 2021, for the fourth consecutive time, he hosted a back-to-school event in Uly, Florida, where he donates school supplies, backpacks, and bikes to, like, 200-plus kids every year. Yeah, every year. And he started, after doing that for four years in his hometown, in Florida, started also doing that in Tennessee. So he, like, does a back-to-school event in Florida, then he goes to Tennessee and then does another back-to-school event in Tennessee to help out kids in both areas. And I think that's usually super huge, and it's something that's near and dear to his heart because he's always trying to uplift these kids and give them the opportunities and just things that they need to be successful in life. He did for Christmas, goes around Yuli, has hundreds of families – does a toy giveaway at a Walmart. So basically it's just like, yo, families come through. Basically, we're going to get the Christmas gifts for your kids just straight up. They pop up to the Walmart pocket parking lot and they just start handing out hundreds of toys to kids and their families. That's like right? uh, that's like Andre Johnson, bro. He's pull up in Texas and back home and just fill up, fill up shit for all the kids. This is dope, bro. Big yeah, they... They always make sure they get the first 500 kids that show up to the Walmart in Yuli, and they give them toys. He then donated $25,000, not through the foundation, even, just like his own personal money, to No Kid Hungry to support children's access to food across America. And then another $25,000 to the Second Harvest Food Bank of Middle Tennessee that works with the, like, Tennessee inner city public schools and basically provides like emergency food programs, reduced lunch and stuff like that for kids in need in Tennessee. Bro, that's player, bro. That's real boss. Like, get yep. good to see these like athletes giving back. They ain't got to, bro, but 
because you know they taking care of their family but to them to be cognizant of like okay i'm from here you know i care about the community especially like that thing like derrick henry does for the lunches so lunch is being cheaper you know like paying for lunch as a kid bro is it's it's expensive if you're, you don't get that waiver for free lunch you know what i'm saying and then there's always like BS with schools doing things like lunch debt and holding kids degrees and a bunch of other like shiesty shit. Like it is yeah. such a it is actually such a problematic thing when like the way that schools like I get it they're really running a business, bro. I don't I don't agree with that because like it's just to me there was times where I was just going to school just to eat, bro. Like there's nothing to eat for breakfast at the house or nothing for lunch, and like I didn't like especially senior year I didn't have to go to school like my second period of classes i was already ready to graduate but i would just go because oh you bet i'm gonna get lunch and that's a reality for some kids some people don't think about that bro like you ain't got nothing hot at the house uh, for breakfast or there's nothing there like your mom wasn't able to grab it like that little bullshit school lunch wife should get down on the muffins bro it's just that's game changer bro facts facts and i think like the problem is that schools are ran like a business right instead of being ran like as a public good yeah, it, it, I get I get colleges, but K through twelve, it cannot, it should not be anything above being ran as it should be. I get the business side of colleges, which I get it, but that's ridiculous. But K through twelve, nah. Let these kids get an education, a good education at that, and be able to have a nurturing environment, especially if they don't got that nurturing environment at the house. Big facts. I like that is super important. So you can see like Derrick Henry is connected to his community, connected to his community, but back home in Uly, Florida, he ain't forget where he came from, but also in Tennessee where he rocks and he plays. So if you all find this something that you can get behind and you want to be a part of, you can go to www.2thenumberallfoundation.org slash donate to donate or slash volunteer to volunteer because when he has to give out like 500 toys at a walmart they need volunteers right oh. that's like that's a that's a big thing oh, right yeah, when you got to give out 500 toys at a walmart or like 300 backpacks it helps to have some volunteers just to help pass out the stuff so whether you want to give your time or your money you can go to twoallfoundation.org and be a part of making a difference and that oh, was this week's ballers bouquet that shit up there by Jacksonville. I'm like, bro, where's you for that? Like, what? It's just up there by, by Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah, it's like on the outside of Jacks by that shit's by Brunswick, Georgia, which is crazy. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah, that- wow. boy, that is not a place to be a dark skinned person to be at. But it's <laughs> that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've ever coming home from seeing Terrace, bro. I was about to stop in Georgia, bro, and I was tired, bro. Dan ain't want to drive. Mama, I call my mom's like, yeah, I'm about to pull over. She's like, where you buy? She can see. She's like, hey, do not stop your motherfucking car. She's like, keep driving. She had my uncle call me. She's like, bro, please keep driving. So we want to That is not a spot for black people, bro. <laughs> got me a little monster. Punch that bitch too. I was yeah. like, bro, I got my gun on me. Like, you're, I'm fine. Said, no. Do not stop. Uh, all right, bro. <laughs> That's that might be create twice the problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, nah, don't stop. I was like, all right, bro. I'm a, I was so sleepy too, bro. <laughs> 
Look, that was it for episode 65 of the Fly Route Podcast. As always, we appreciate each and every single one of y'all that listen, whether you're on like YouTube, Spotify, Audia, Apple Music, just catching out clips here and there. want to give a shout out to Marquise from the Cover 4 with the Guys podcast every Tuesday. Yeah, so we record the episodes Tuesday night. They're normally up on YouTube. I would give them, I put them on YouTube early. They're available Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. You can find us on Twitter at cover4 underscore W. The guys, we're on there. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. We're trying to, you know, ramp up the followers. We added new things. We got new artwork. Uh, we're clipping. Terrence is going to make a Facebook page for us. So we, we got a, look, a lot going on. Ant helped us with the clipping. That was a dope thing. Ant put me on game with that. So we got a couple clips out there and we're just like trying to grow more and do different things for as a podcast, you know, interact with people. So just give us a holler and we're super active on Twitter. And me and Terrence be talking all the time on Twitter. It's funny. Big facts, big facts. All all a great follow. Y'all know where to catch me at at the Fly Route Pod. And we cannot wait to give you another episode next week. The Fly Route Pod. The Fly Route Pod. The Fly Route Pod. The Fly Route Pod. The Fly Route Pod.